Give praises to the 
joyous, joyful exaltation to those who liberate themselves. Welcome to Women's Wednesday. My name is Mariama Tanay. I'm so grateful you're able to join me tonight as we look at this world and overstand the implications, the circumstances, the divisions, the illusions, the collusions, and how to face it within the strength of the Most High, how to face it as a child of God. We're going to start off tonight with the praise up. When we look to the Bible, as well as the Gnostic Gospels, for overstanding and revelation. Now, tonight's topic is artificial intelligence, AI, and the advent of the universal basic income, UBI, part two. Now, AI, metaphorically, symbolically, in the form of parable, is mentioned, alluded to, a framework that if one looks and has eyes to see, can become clear. I'm going to start off tonight with Revelation chapter 2, verse 1. Verse 1 to 10. To the angel of the church in Ephesus write, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand. He that walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works and thy toil and patience and that thou canst not bear evil men, and didst try them that they call themselves apostles, and they are not, and didst find them false. And thou hast patience, and didst bear for my name's sake, and is not grown weary. But I have this against thee, that thou didst leave thy first love. Remember, therefore, whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I come to see thee, and will move thy candlestick out of its place, except thou repent. But this thou hast, that thou hastest the works of thy Nicolotian, which I also hate. He that hath ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches, to him that overcometh. To him will I give to eat the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. And to the angel of the church of Smyrna, these things saith the first and the last, who was dead and lived again. I know thy tribulation and thy poverty, but thou art rich, and the blasphemy of them that say they are Jews. And they art not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Fear not the things which thou art about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tired, be tried, and ye shall have tribulation ten days. 
Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee the crown of life. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. Now, I came across a man by the name of Louis Saving, and he did an exhortation on AI, artificial intelligence from the Bible. And he likened it to the riddle of the seven churches. And he said, he corresponds each of the functioning of the brain and which artificial intelligence is based on. And I'm going to get into later on the neuromorphic chips. They're morphing the chips to assimilate neurons. And how even the creators of artificial intelligence themselves state that they got the blueprint from the Bible in conjunction with the human brain. So Ephesians 2, 1, 7, that church function is, according to this man, signal separation and feedback network. It's the sensory cortex. The church of Smyrna is the signal fusion network. Temporal association. Pergnamum is speech control network. The neural cell, Broca's area. Thyatira is the motivation and motor control network, because that's where the motivation was given to change. Sardis is the STM-LTM attention network, the hippocampus. Philadelphia is the motor and conflict detection network, the basal gondola. And Lodicea is the supervised motor network, which is the cerebellum. Overstand that nothing is new under the sun. And that all comes from us and we come from all. Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. It's a constant circle, but we're supposed to ascend. This is when knowledge becomes power. This is when revelation meets understanding. I really want ones to really pay attention this evening. I spoke to my husband who listens to the show, and one of his coworkers was listening. It was a 50-year-old man, and he said, you know, I don't understand what she's talking about. These things are not going to happen for years and years to come. That's why I made it a point last week to say the dates. See, while we're being distracted with this circus, this is what is on the helm. So when it comes at you, the shock value will become ineffective. So we have to have gratitude that the Most High 
has set forth doctrine for us to go by and to live with and to make part of us so that we can have the strength to get through what's about to come. We're going to take a music moment, and this is John 9, Gratitude. I partake in So in doing what I love I get to keep it all Perceptions leave much room To be mistaken So in doing what I say My word is covenant I expect nothing but the best From myself Not myself nor me Putting personality On the subordination Of the master key Which is the most I In I and I As a man think it in his heart So is he Whatever you're dwelling on is the reality that you're creating. Use your concentration wisely, because your only limitation is your imagination. Priority one is to focus on the most high in the meditation. Develop the routine, keep the room clean, balance the physical and spiritual accommodation. The daily from the written word, Put it into practical use within your temple. The real work is to know, the truth is to see. The real life is to grow into what you need. So what you can think is in this heart, so is he. Whatever you're dwelling on is the reality that you're creating. Use your concentration wisely. Because your only limitation is your imagination. Trust inside the flesh requiring emancipation from the source of the vexation, which is the enemy. Anyhow, you let the mind control corrupt your state of meditation. You compromise your soul, focus of the goal, and move further from the free. Is the reality that you're creating. You say, 
imagination. In his heart, so is he. Whatever you're dwelling on is the Yes, your only limitation is your imagination. So this artificial crap is not even gonna it's not even gonna become intact into your spirit. As long as you keep the most high home within the temple where he's supposed to be. So deep mind artificial intelligence has learned to become highly aggressive when it feels like it's going to lose. Artificial intelligence changes the way it behaves based on the environment it's in, much like humans do. Computer scientists from the Google-owned firm have studied how their AI behaves in social situations by using principles from game theory and social sciences. During the work, they found it's impossible for AI to act in an aggressive manner when it feels it's going to lose out. But agents will work as a team when there's more to be gained. So for the research, the AI was tested on two games. And gathering the game saw the systems trained using deep reinforcement learning to collect the information. To beat the competitors in the game, it is possible to direct a beam at the opposition player when they are hit twice. So the player removed from the game from a set period, you know, um, they was able to knock them out. And so intuitively, the AI picked up that it had to become more aggressive. The less aggressive policies emerged from learning in a relatively um, abundant environment with less possibility for costly action. So the greed motivation reflects the temptation to take out a rival and to collect all the information in the game for itself. So this, this artificial intelligence has learned to incorporate greed. And so they're putting this into cars, like I spoke about last week with the emotional attachment of the AI, the sensory perception, being able to read your brain waves, our brain waves. So now they're using it to detect online crime. So artificial intelligence spots hidden patterns. And even steps in when behaviors get out of hand. This is a whole new level of Big Brother is watching. So you have to be cognizant of your standing. That's the, that's the whole reason for imparting this information is to be cognizant, awake and aware. So when you're speaking and you're responding, know what's around you. Know things are being picked up. Know that you're being sized up and not in a way that where you're going to stand and be paranoid. But as a mature adult, 
you can be awake and aware and conscious of your surroundings and move in a way that's effective for you and others. Because surveillance is real. You know, so now they're using it to detect when people, um, they're, um, they're also monitoring people's behaviors um, at slot machines when you're gambling. They can detect when the person's acting obsessive. So because they can detect those things now, and, and, and small things like when you go to the casino, it's also being input into the online games, into the Playstations, the Wiis, the Nintendos. So this thing can detect greed. It can detect emotional behaviors. And so artificial intelligence can also dramatically improve the economy and aspects of everyday life. But we need to look at ways that everyone benefits. Because this role, it's rolling along. And even now, there's this governor, he's trying to put a two-year ban on wind development, wind energy development. They're trying to hold off, but you can't because the technology's here. And capitalism is real. And somebody has to make a buck, and they will, if there's a loophole, and they can. And like I discussed last week, you know, these corporations have gone to these World Summit meetings, and they've made, and I read to you from one of the proposals from Microsoft Global Enterprises last week, which broke down what they're offering the governments. You know, so right now, we need to look in terms of how can we protect ourselves, self-preservation. My girlfriend and I was talking about this the other day at lunch. You know, these children, a lot of the youth we seem to find, you know, don't have a great sense of self-preservation. You know, dotting their I's and crossing their T's and being prepared, you know. And so this is all, all of this autonomy is bringing forth the universal basic income. And um, the universal basic income is now being offered to more and more countries around the world. So this is a global enterprise as a way to alleviate what will become an epidemic of unemployment. And so we must brace ourselves and take steps necessary to prevent it within our own families. You know, um, America specifically is very hostile towards socialism because this is that's what it, what it basically is. It's socialism, but what has to be, but you know, what they're what they're trying to impart is that they don't want people to become afraid of it. So that's why they have all these trials to have all these positive test results so they could you know bring forth to other governments and show how they can have a smooth rollout. And so they're doing it in South Africa. And they're calling it unconditional income. It was given to mothers as child support. So they're putting it in different names, but it always starts with a U, which is interesting. And so in the places around the world right now where they have the pilot programs, um, 
It's this website called futurism.com. For those interested, futurism.com. Great place just to see what's happening around you. And um, so automation and AI are changing economies all over the world, and the idea of income for work needs to change with them. So one plan to tackle the social and economic disjunction is to institute a universal basic income. And the pilot programs are in the works across the globe. And so far, um, it's in large portions of South America, um, large portions of Canada. They have a pilot program also in California. And there's two programs in South Africa um, they have it in India, they have it in Italy, they have it in all of Europe. All of Europe, they're planned. They're planned in Europe. And they have um, successful programs over in um, Asia as well. And Alaska is now a part of it. And um, they're going to be doing a monthly income of $2,000 a person. <laughs> $2,000. It's in Brazil. You know, the Dutch have it. It's in Italy. It's in Uganda. It's in Ontario, Canada. It's in India, also France, and Switzerland, Iceland, and Wales. So this is a wave that's happening. This is that whole NWO thing you've been hearing about for years on YouTube and the new, you know, the whole one world. This is how it's going to be one world. This is how it comes in, people. Through the artificial intelligence. They've dumbed down the people of Nuff. They've cultivated, you know, a culture of laziness and greed and foulness and low morality and anything goes. Ambition is not for the glory of the Most High, for the masses. It's, for, it, it's to have what the next man has. You know, it's low-level base frequency, low vibration. It's prime. It's been primed. To me, I blame, you know, it's so sad because I loved Public Enemy growing up, you know, but I blame Flavor Flav. It all started with Flavor of Love. I don't care what nobody says. That's what it started with, the dumbing down of the masses on the media. I mean, you know, it, at least for our community. Of course, you had the Jerry Springers and all those other kind of shows, but that one show and all that surreal, how, VH1 is the devil, so I'm concerned. <laughs> But, you know, this is really something to take in, you know, the way that it's going on. So even, you know, to the to the extent that, you know, they're doing studies on what government workers can now be. And they're saying that most, this is dated February 8th, 2017, most government workers could easily be, be replaced by robots and AI, new study finds. And this is at zerohedge.com. This is where the hedge fund people, where they have China, China financial markets and the contrary investor and the housing bubble and, you know, the financial revolutionists, all these blogs, and they have this on there too. Because they're hedging on this bet to win. 
So we have to up our ante and our intelligence because they're that artificial intelligence is based off of our brain and what it can do. And they lulled us into this sense of complacency and deplorable moral behavior. We're not even utilizing whatever percentage, you know, that we really need to be to just be expanding and ascending and growing. You know, I remember... Uh, a while ago, somebody was like, okay, well, you know, you read all these books, you know all this stuff, and what's the point? The point is to have an understanding and an awareness of something greater than yourself and to reach to become more than what you are with every living breath, to become the vehicle that the Most High made you to be, to ride out His will through you here. Life is an art and a craft. And the science, it's beautiful. We have to make it so. You control your own universe. With every waking moment, we have to utilize our brains on a higher level. We cannot become complacent. If you're not changing, you're not growing. It's that simple. You know? Because the times are changing, whether you do or not. And you could be stuck on stupid stutter stepping or making it happen. You know? There are choices. And so now they're going to be using um, brain waves as passwords. This is the next level. This is um, dated October of um, 2017. So with daily habits becoming more and more digitalized, such as working banking, and even dating, how can we secure and protect our access to the virtual world? Fingerprints are an adequate answer, but now we have another option, brainwaves. Our brainwaves will be the next password. Researchers have found a way to use our brain response as a verification of our identity. Since each person has a unique response to things, such as a picture of a dog or a mountain or word difficulty, these Electrophallograms, EEG, can be able to authenticate someone's identity with accuracy rates 94%. With the accuracy rate of 94%. So researchers at Binghamton University claim that they have obtained 100% positive results. So these different universities got these different grants to prove it so. And they've outdone themselves. 100% positive results from Bingham University in identifying a person through brainwaves. They explained they were able to reach such accuracy focusing on non-violational responses. This means that they use people's interior invisible thoughts to identify them. This is the level of a thinking person isn't even aware of. It's like an incentive reflex and therefore cannot be mixed up between two different individuals. So they're tapping into our instincts. <laughs> Do you hear me? They're tapping into the instincts. And that is based on an indisputable fact that every person is unique. And this is on nextnature.net. Brainwaves is passwords. 
And so in specific, you know, Ford company, they snapped up, they, they unpurchased the artificial intelligence startup called Argo Ford. They purchased this company um, and they're planning on producing their first driverless vehicles by 2021. And those driverless vehicles are going to also have the artificial intelligence embedded in every car. It's 2017. 2021 is not that far away. Okay? And so now they're taking AI into the level of um, implanting it into the brain. So Harvard Medical School is now perfecting brain-computer interface implants. They're perfecting it. Researchers at Harvard Medical School will use a new kind of implant that will go beneath the skull but can rest on the surface of the animal's brain instead of penetrating inside the organ. An array of microscopic coils inside the hair-like device can generate powerful, highly targeted magnetic fields to induce electrical activity at particular locations in the brain tissue underneath. The implant will also be tested when placed inside the brain tissue. The device will be used to stimulate the visual overstand the visual cortex of the monkeys to try to recreate the activity normally triggered by signals from the eyes. Let me just say that again. The device will be used to stimulate the visual cortex to recreate the activity normally triggered by the signals from the eyes, creating the sensation of sight without the eyes input. Ultimately, the goal is to use the implant to convert signals from a camera into brain activity. Unlike conventional electrodes, the coil's effectiveness shouldn't degrade over time. Magnetic fields aren't impeded by tissue forming around the implant as electric currents are. So, I mean, this is what's happening. They're trying to get it into the brain. They're not trying to. They said that they have perfected it. Harvard Medical School is perfecting. They're perfecting the brain-computer transplant. And so... Now the neuromorphic chip market is on the rise. Neuromorphic. And so this neuromorphic chip, like I said earlier in the broadcast, the market is to rise from ashes to buildings, to um to billions and billions. So the inventor of the neuromorphic chip, a chip modeled on the neurons of the human eye and brain, was made by a VLSI inventor with Lynn Conway, Carver Mead, back in the 1980s. Real-time visual computations using analog processing arrays. So Mead's pioneering work, though decades before its time, convinced the National Aeronautics and Space Administration, NASA, together with the National Institute of Health, NIH, to declare that the 1990s become the decade of the brain. 
So this was going on the 80s and 90s, the whole, whole like, we're going to make this happen in 10, 15 years and make it, you know, consumer friendly. And so the biological inspiration, neuromorphic technology is based on neurons and neural circuits in the brain. Like the brain, it uses much less power than standard computer chips. So each emulated neuron receives signals through several thousand of these links, and the links are like the synapses. Each neuron has 10,000 of these tiny junctions and receives signals form of voltage spikes coming from other neurons. And so, which are often much simpler and they're making them simpler than biological synapses. They're trying to do the work of God. Like, for real, for real. So in both real neurons and neuromorphic versions, voltages and currents vary smoothly, smoothly and rather than jump in a digital fashion from one discrete value to another. So they got it to move smooth. There's no glitches, supposedly. And so the axon of, you know, the neuron, this fiber, which can be up to one meter long, transmits voltage spikes to other neurons. And so they're using the tiny wires that shape just like it. I'm looking at the blueprint right now. And so it mimics the axon and carries the voltage spikes to the other emulated neurons. Emulated neurons. Emulated. Do you understand emulated neurons? And so... Again, like I said, they're hedging. They're hedge funds based on this. And, you know, money market accounts. And this has been global chip, global chip shales are up. They're up. Intel is now incorporating, which we have in all of our computers, right, Intel. Um, they're going to be incorporating neur- neuromorphic chips as well as quantum computing. And so the quantum computing factor is, um, so the microprocessors of the neuromorphic chips are more like brains, you know, than traditional chips. So it can make for more astute, faster computers um, and that know what's going on around them. That's a whole other level. That, that, they, that, that, that the computer will know what's going on around it. And so they're microchips. They say that can imitate the brain. And so they imitate the brain's information processing in real time. So there's a whole new term for the type of research this is called. It's called neuroinformatic. (laughs) Neuroinformatic researches, okay, Um, from um, different places in the EU and the U.S. demonstrated how complex cognitive abilities can be incorporated into electronic systems made with so-called neuromorphic chips. And they show how to assemble and configure these electronic systems to function in a way similar to an actual brain. No computer works as efficiently as the human brain, so much so that that building an artificial brain is the goal of many scientists. Neuroinformatic researchers from the University of Zurich have now made a breakthrough in this direction by understanding how to configure so-called neuromorphic chips to imitate the brain's information processes, abilities in real time. And um, 
they demonstrated this by building an artificial sensory processing system that exhibits cognitive abilities. It exhibits cognitive abilities. The scientists thus demonstrate for the first time how a real-time hardware neuroprocessing system where the user dictates the behavior can be constructed. So they're saying, thanks to our method, neuromorphic chips can be configured for a large class of behavior modes. Our results are pivotal for the development of new brain-inspired technologies. Brain-inspired technologies. One application, for instance, might be to combine the chips with sensory neuromorphic components, such as artificial retina, to create complex cognitive systems that interact with their surroundings in real time. So they want to give these computers eyes, like actual retina, so that it can interact with us in real time with instinct, and greed <laughs> and cheating built in. Is it live? Is it Memorex? And this is from the publication Synthesizing Cognition and Neuromorphic Electronic Systems. And this was from July 2013. I just wanted to bring you to where it came from. And now we're in 2017, and Ford's putting it in the car, and Harvard's putting it in the brain. You see how fast that happens? Okay. And so now it's going into genetically modified people. So the U.S., the United States science advisors have um, they have decided that they've outlined a path to genetically modified babies. They have a whole they had a they had a meeting. A meeting and outlined the path. Human gene editing received science panels support. An influential science advisory group formed by the National Academy of Sciences and the National Academy of Medicine on Tuesday, this is February 14th, on Tuesday lent its support to a once unthinkable proposition, the modification of human embryos to create genetic traits that can be passed down to future generations. This type of human gene editing has long been seen as unethical and an ethical minefield. Researchers fear that the techniques used to prevent genetic diseases might also be used to enhance intelligence, for example, to create physically, physically suited to a particular um, um, task, like, you know, serving as soldiers. The advisory group endorsed only alterations designed to prevent babies from acquiring genes known to cause serious disease and disability, and only when there is no reasonable alternative. The Most High makes that decision. How dare they? The report provides an explicit rationale for genetic research that the federal government has avoided supporting until now. 
Although the work is being pursued in countries like Sweden and China, the so-called germline engineering. You heard that? Germline, germ, G-E-R-M. Germline engineering might allow people to have biological children without fear that they've passed on genes for diseases like Tay-Sachs or whatever, without discarding embryos carrying disease-causing mutations as it is often done now. The Most High decides what embryos make it. Not man. You know, so now... The whole situation puts one in a sense of, okay, so what do I do? How do I future-proof myself, right, for tomorrow's jobs? What kind of jobs can we look up? So, again, I went to Microsoft Enterprise Global because they're the ones proposing this, this, this situation. So, of course, they're going to have jobs available to fit the future. Okay, and um, this is in mindset for your children, because if you're not coding, you're going to get coded. It's just what it is. Decide what what side you're on. Right. You can't be hot or cold. Right. You got to decide. So one of the jobs I saw here is a virtual habitat designer. (laughs) So a virtual habitat designer will offer some of the most exciting and creative career prospects in a global industry that will be producing millions of new jobs. These designers will be the superstar pioneers of this industry, leaving behind game design and joining product teams to uh, to create exciting new entertainment, work, and learning environments. So the whole thing's going to be about the habitat, the environment, the aesthetic, virtual reality, Habitat designers, understand, will need to possess the storytelling skills of an online game designer and an editor together with spatial design expertise of an architect or a town planner and might be able to imagine and create entire virtual worlds. You know, so that goes back to the STEM education for our children and reintroducing um, them to a pencil and a paper that are typing all the time. Remember, when you use a pencil and paper, you make 26 synaptic connections. You want to increase those synaptic connections every time you can. When you type, you only make six. If you can write, write. If you can draw, draw. Doodle, like you used to when you was a teenager on the phone. While you're listening to me right now, use your hands. Our children have to be able to be ambidextrous. Okay. What if something happens to your right hand? Learn how to write with your left. Backup for the backup. And it's increasing our own neuron activity, our own synaptic connections, because we're going to have to really embrace and be ready for the quickening, because if you're not ready, it's not going to happen to you. You're going to be stuck on stupid. You have to rev up that ignition within yourself and push yourself to be greater than you are. Because they're making artificial stuff based on us to rule us (laughs) and interact and make decisions on behalf of. 
you know. So they're going to require you to have training in cognitive psychology, behavioral science, okay, Um, as teams of of designers seek to understand exactly how humans interact with their surroundings through touch, smell, sight, in order to persuade our mind to accept the virtual environment as reality. These new jobs will require an interesting mix of architecture and psychology to allow them to understand precisely how to make sitting under a virtual tree as satisfying as sitting under a real one. This is in the Microsoft brochure for their white papers for future-proof tomorrow jobs. Job number two, ethical technology advocate. An ethical technology advocate will be mankind's go-between with the wave of robots and artificial intelligence applications that will be helping to run our complex and connected world by 2025. That's what it says here, by 2025. One of their key jobs will be to negotiate our delicate relationship with the robots (laughs) by setting the moral and ethical rules under which the machines and their makers operate and exist. Their role will be crucial in ensuring that none of our nightmares about the robot world domination ever come true. As Satya Nadella, CEO of Microsoft, says, the most critical next step in our pursuit of AI is to agree on an ethical and empathic framework for its design. This will be one of our most pressing concerns as the robot revolution unfolds, says roboticist and artist Alexander Revin who has invented the first robot that can choose whether or not to inflict pain on a human. So Alexander Rebin, look him up, people. He invented the first robot, the first, so there's others, that can choose whether or not to inflict pain on a human. Prove that a harmful robot can exist, he says. So we will need people who can confront our fears about AI getting out of control. What was the point of proving that? We knew that. (laughs) So other ethical technology advocates will work as teachers to robots, showing their machine students how to understand the subtle subtle nuances of everyday speech and behavior that will allow them to interact reliably and safely. Job number three that they have down here is digital cultural commentator. The digital cultural commentator, I guess that's what I'm doing right now, (laughs) will be the secret weapon that both brands and centers of high culture will use to cut through the cacophony of online white noise and talk effectively to tomorrow's audience. Masters of the next generation of visual social media, they will be able to bridge the gap between the arts and the digital savvy public by using simple, impactful images to communicate complex and challenging ideas. Their skills with emerging technologies such as virtual and augmented reality will allow them to build relationships with Generation Z audiences in a whole in whole new worlds and spaces. So future art history students will have the visual vocabulary understand art history. Future art history students will have the visual vocabulary to tell compelling stories with a single image. They will have an instinctual grasp of successor social networks to Snapchat and Instagram that would allow them to build online visual campaigns that can go viral and connect to huge audiences. In the arts, their role will be central to discovering new crowdsourced revenue streams as more public art institutes become privatized 
and need to generate income from their supporters and visitors. Okay? They want to privatize the public arts. In the future, these big public national collections could be majority private businesses. So they need to convert the engaged visitor into spending customer and into a spending customer in order to survive and thrive financially, says Joe Marsh, director and consultant with the Cultural Brand Strategy and Communication Agency. Cultural Brand Strategy and Communications Agency, Jane Wentworth Associates. So they believe that skilled workers such as Digital cultural commentators will be key in enabling institutes such as her own to attract visitors and spending power and guarantee a future commercial success. So they're even courting all of our public institutions that that are supposed to hold sacred the public interest. Job number four listed is freelance biohacker. Freelance biohackers will be at the cutting edge of tomorrow's most exciting bioscience projects, playing a key role in projects ranging from the search for the next generation of antibiotics to the, to the creation of genetically modified creatures. This is in their brochure. Genetically modified creatures. The basic procedures for targeted gene manipulation are getting simpler and more accessible to almost anyone, says Hank Greeley, the director of Stanford University Center for Law and Bioscience. So Stanford University Center for Law and Bioscience is co-signing this whole conception. It isn't hard to imagine a future where we'll, be, we'll, where we'll fix everything from eye problems to liver disorders to muscular dystrophy with targeted genetic tweaks. I'm willing to bet that within 20 years, some biohacker will create a unicorn. He'll take genes from an animal that grows horns, insert it into a horse, and a billionaire's 12-year-old daughter will get a unicorn for her birthday. Okay, so this is a freelance biohacker. Then they have job number five, uh, Internet of Things Data Creative. We've talked about that plenty of times here on the show. The Internet of Things data creatives will be central to the future development of the vast web of connected devices that will soon form a protective net around the health, home, and work life and entertainment of billions of people. It will be their job to sift through the waves of data being generated each day by devices in our clothes, our homes, our cars, and our offices, and find meaningful and useful ways to tell us what all that information is saying. They will need to have three key talents, a finely honed ability to recognize patterns. That goes back to that trivium quadrivium and critical thinking, inductive and deductive reasoning, logic. Overstand, we spoke about that with the homeschooling segment. A skill a skill at asking sharp and difficult questions, again, critical thinking, and a natural flair for storytelling. Pattern recognition will be vital for spotting what is and what isn't, important in what the devices are telling each other and us. The noise of data will be deafening, and so there will, need to, there, will need, there will be a need for a new role in filtering and interpreting this data, says a report titled People-Centered Design. 
People that are designed for the Internet of Things. The Internet of Things data creators will be trained to notice patterns in the data that indicate something that we should know about our health or the way we drive our car or the energy we use inside of our households. And they will then use their storytelling skills to design an eye-catching and easily digestible way to communicate the information to us either online or through future generations of virtual and augmented reality tools. These creators will be our translators, turning data into 3D and virtual reality infographics and images that teach us over months and years how to look after our own health better, to run our homes more enjoyably and cost-effectively and drive our cars more safely, says Tom Sevier, a partner at the Future Laboratory. And data creators will also have a major part to play in helping technology brands and businesses develop new, improved versions of existing IoT systems. They will be the gatekeepers of what works and what doesn't, culturally, technologically, and emotionally in tomorrow's hyper-connected world. Data creators will be the gatekeepers. Understand? So those are some of the jobs that are mentioned as being on the horizon. And so we have to really push, you know, STEM and science, technology, engineering, electronics, math, you know. And so I looked up um, in the career outlook, you know, the jobs for tomorrow, um, by occupational group, you know. So you're going to need, you know, computer and mathematic actuaries. They're going to still need actuaries. They're going to still need um, information security. You know, that's going to be a big, big field, the whole securing of people's information and of all this instead of things, you know, the whole security structure within that framework just within itself, mathematicians will still be necessary, you know, um, database administrators, web developers, you know, um, all kinds of mathematical science you know, occupations, especially chemical engineers, civil engineers, computer hardware engineers, um, agricultural engineers, architectural and civil drafters, biomedical engineers chemical technicians, biological technicians. You can still be a tech if you can't become an engineer. You know, we have to push our children, zoologists, wildlife biologists, biological scientists, life sciences, physical scientists, microbiologists, physicists, foresters. We have to keep the nature, to, you know, ones with consciousness need to be next to nature protecting it. Geological and petroleum Technicians, geoscientists, they say except hydrologists and geographers. I wonder why they won't need those two. That's interesting. It's worthy to look up. Um, Material scientists, environmental engineers, environmental engineering technicians, health and safety engineers. And it says except mining safety, I guess because mining is on its way out. Industrial engineer techs. Marine engineer, naval architects, materials engineer, astronomers. Okay, it's time to follow the whimsy. There's so many different ways that you can express yourself within the sciences, and your children can. 
And now more than ever, we have to push the youth to the sciences to plant the seed so that their stem can grow into and blossom, you know, into a forest of abundance. So you have civil engineers, network computer system administrators, industrial engineers, you know, all of these type of um, that involve math, you know, it involves math, involves using the brain on a higher level. It cannot be complacent. And we have to push our children to the sciences now more than ever. Even if you don't understand yourself, do not feel, you know, intimidated by, you know, where they have to go to learn these things. You know, because they have to be prepared for this world. And we have to as well. So any kind of tech training that you can find in the sciences within your community, there's lots of schools that offer them. You know, people just don't look for them. But if you look, the Most High will show you what's available around you. You know, you have to take the first step. We have to, you know. It's important. And so these, um, to end this segment, the fastest growing occupations for 2014 to 2024 is wind wind turbine service techs, occupational therapy assistants, physical therapist assistants, physical therapists, physical therapist aides, home health aides, because they're destroying us with all these medicines, overstand, nurse practitioners, statisticians, ambulance drivers and attendants. It says except EM except emergency med- med- medical technicians. So they're gonna phase out EMTs. They're gonna have attendants instead, I guess, to work with the technology. It's gonna be a whole new level of training in that field for the ambulance drivers. Because those are not going to go driverless. People still have to have that human contact when you're in the middle of, of, of an emergency, one would think. Occupational therapy aides, physician assistants, operations research analysts, personal financial advisors will still be, and photographers, and photogrammetrists. I don't know what that is. Let's look that up. What's a photogrammetrist? <laughs> I want to see what that is. I don't like to say a word and not know what it means. What is a photogrammatist? And so we need to look into all these different types of developments, you know, and how it's going to impact our lives in the future, you know, and how we're going to prepare ourselves and our families to withstand this and not only withstand but to succeed within the framework of the reality that they want to make real. You know, when the winds change, you adjust your sails. Self-preservation. Self-preservation is very important. Okay, so photogrammetry is the process of making maps or scale drawings from photographs especially aerial photographs. So, again, that goes back to, again, that pen and paper being able to draw. It's still going to be important, and it'll be a rarity because everyone's using their thumb (laughs) like they're monkeys. 
on the video game, you know, controllers. I'm even guilty of it. I have the mini wireless keyboard that I use to control my television. <laughs> it's the size of like a Sony PlayStation controller and it has the whole keyboard on it and a little trackpad on top. And, you know, it's convenient, but I still write. I still write. And I bought this thick handwriting book for my son. My oldest son, I remember when he was, you know, he's 19 now, when he was younger, they didn't really push script. They barely had him writing. You know, I was the one that was like, they're not teaching you script in school. You didn't have to learn how to write in cursive, you know. They don't, they don't take time like they used to. To make sure that is what it, it, what, it, what it means to be human and function on a high level is given to all. You know, our, and, and with this new education secretary, now more than ever, you know, you have to take charge. You have to take charge of, of you know, your child's education. And um, no matter what age they are, it's important. So now we're going to take a music moment, and we're going to listen to B. Jamal Tough. Yes, you have to be tough. 
You can be gentle and fluid and understand what's happening around you and still maintain your strength and where it is you want to go. So we're going to go forward into the go and notice and see what's happening in the world. Um, green card carrying Caribbean nationals, according to Atlantic Black Star, Green card carrying Caribbean nationals are warned not to travel outside of the U.S. as of February 15th. Um, Florida immigration attorney Dahlia Walker Huntington is warning Caribbean nationals with green cards who have been charged with crime in the United States, uh, whether you're convicted or not, just whether you're just charged, um, to postpone overseas travel. In spite of a ruling from a federal court stopping the Trump administration's executive order banning travelers from seven predominantly Muslim nations, Caribbean nationals living in the U.S. are nervous. The attorney spoke at a recent immigration forum. It stated that the non-U.S. citizens are still exposed to the ban's negative implications. And Walker Huntington stated that the local law enforcement has been reordered. The local law enforcement has been reordered to function as immigration agents. Local law enforcement has been reordered to function as immigration agents by the Trump administration, a stipulation that was dropped during the Obama era. So Caribbean nationals who may have committed minor offenses in the past who may now want to travel or apply for citizenship are advised not to travel. If you are a green card holder and you were arrested, even if you were not convicted, or even if the case was dismissed, do not travel, as you may be caught and unable to return, she said. Caribbean nationals who have green cards and who have been charged with crimes are more likely to be harassed, than individuals coming to the U.S. for the first time. Additionally, those holding green cards and are spending more time outside of the U.S. than inside may also face a higher chance of losing their green card. Walker Walker Huntington said that if they are unable to live in the U.S., they can apply for an entry-level permit that allows them to stay out of the country for a period of two years, but they must continue to pay U.S. taxes during this time, however. And non-criminal, undocumented individuals are now viewed as threats to U.S. national security and are to be repatriated quickly. The new U.S. Go- now the U.S. government is hiring some 10,000 more agents for Homeland Security right now, and they will be looking for visa overstayers as well. Walker Huntington noted that the new U.S. Attorney General Jeff Sessions has said that such individuals will no longer be subject to to prosecutorial discretion under which they would have been released until their cases is heard. Instead, they will be forcibly detained for as long as two years. So if they catch the person, they will be forcibly detained for up to two years. So what happened is that Obama did all of this Um, prison reform while he was in office. And so a lot of the cases, you know, all over the country, people were being let free, you know, all this new evidence came out and whatever. And so the prisons are not as full as they used to. And the prisons are are privatized. They're on NASDAQ. They're on the stock market. So this is a way to get bodies 
in those prisons. And they could forcibly detain these people for up to two years. So, you know, for those listening that has family members, you know, um, protect yourself. Pay attention to your movement. Because now the police have been, I wonder if they're getting extra pay for that. You know, that that's now part of their duties. Local law enforcement has been reordered to function as immigration agents. And this is all over the country. Um, Medical marijuana importation has been approved by the federal government in Australia. So medicinal marijuana importation approved by federal government to boost the supplies. So for those listening from Australia, imported medicine, Medicinal marijuana used to treat patients with chronic or full painful illness, including cancer, epilepsy, and other kinds of diseases, could be available under the government's new scheme in eight weeks, according to the health minister in Australia. So the so now that the medication is currently sourced from overseas on a case-by-case basis, so now the new scheme would see an interim fast track on importation while local cultivation, which has been legal since October 2016, increases to meet meet demand. So um, from an investment standpoint, you know, you could look into what companies are transporting and invest. Um, Mysterious radiation is spreading across Europe. And the U.S. has deployed um, this constant phoenix used as a nuclear sniffer, and um, it's um, aircraft And they don't know where this radioactive Stuff came from So mysterious radioactive spikes Are being found across Europe And nobody quite knows why This is what they're saying Iodine-131 A man-made radioactive material Is being found in small amounts Across the continent It was found in northern Norway early in January, according to officials, and begun moving across the rest of Europe ever since. But despite finding the material in January, authorities didn't announce that it had been found until recent days. So this might be because it isn't at all clear where it's come from or how it's got to be spread out. Further information makes the find even more unusual. Iodine-131 which is man-made, is usually found alongside other radioactive materials, but this wasn't. And it has a short half-life, the time required for one half of the atoms of the radioactive substance to to, um, disintegrate. But a significant amount of it was found, meaning that it was introduced very recently. So someone just, you know, put a large amount of this radioactive iodine, you know, in the air, and it's coming across, from Europe, in the herbology segment, I did find some herbs to help protect us from, you know, radiation. Praise the Most High for the nature of the Most High. Okay. Um, now in the UK, like I said, everything that happens overseas will eventually come over here, especially in Europe. They have what they call the temper police. Parents may be investigated by social services if their kids throw intense tantrums at school. Now, this just became um, law in the United Kingdom. And they're saying that um, parents of children who throw temper tantrums in class should be considered potential abusers or guilty of neglect, according to the new official guidance. 
Teachers will be told to err on the side of curiosity and follow up intense outbursts or excessive clinginess as possible signs of abuse. So the school wants to micromanage your household. So the National Institute for Health and Care Excellence today urges educational professionals as well as NHSH staff to be on the lookout for soft signs, including low self-esteem and attention-seeking. Can you imagine if your child is exhibiting soft signs of low self-esteem and attention-seeking, which happens to children as they go through the first through eighth grades on any given day at any given moment because of the chemical changings happening in their body, they want to err on the side of curiosity. And so the teacher's, with concerns triggered by tantrums or other unusual behavior should then refer them to their school's child protection coordinator, who may also, um, and they also are to involve social services or the police. The new framework also states that certain red flags are such concern that they should trigger immediate contact with social workers. These include a child regularly attending school unclean or with injuries, I mean, those kind of things, excessive smacking by parents, if they see you smack your child. It's a change in behavior or intense behavior that is worrying. So this is what's happening. And they're going to do it under the guise of let's save the children. But to me, it's more of, you know, big brother in your house. You know, so you have to... um, Really pay attention to how your child is representing your home because that's real. And we need to pray for the ones in Puerto Rico as as they've been hit with painful austerity measures um, by the United States. The newly appointed head of the Federal Control Board that oversees Puerto Rico's finances warned on Tuesday that the U.S. territory will be hit with painful austerity austerity measures in the coming months. They're going to slash $300 million from the public university's budget. And they're going to cut from the public retirement system as well. And so lots of people will be leaving Puerto Rico. And who knows if that's what they want to happen. But it's a shame that it's a part of the United States. And that the most important part, the university, the public university, again, why? Because they have artificial intelligence waiting for us. If they're cutting $300 million from the public university's budget in Puerto Rico. So how are those people going to get educated? You know? So blessings sent to Puerto Rico and to the ones there that are trying to rise up. And so... um, Immigrants fear, fearing, de- fearing deportation under Trump change routines. And so dozens of um, groups across the country are doing a Know Your Rights campaign. And they're encouraging, you know, people to change their daily routines and the way them and their family move about um, for fear of being watched. I mean, this is a society where, you know, is being created right now. And um, 
I know growing up, you know, I was told, you know, never trace your steps. I used to walk home from school in all kinds of ways. I didn't walk the same way every day. My mother used to tell me, don't trace your steps, you know? And, just, you know, because as a young child, somebody could be watching you, and you're walking to school by yourself. Well, now in a bigger sense, that's what um, immigrants are doing in Chicago, Arizona, in Texas, all over the country. You know, they're forming in Philadelphia um, a Know Your Rights campaign, and they're encouraging ones to change their daily routines. You know, um, parents have signed legal documents authorizing friends and relatives to pick up their children from school and access their bank accounts to pay their bills in the event that they're arrested by immigrant by immigration agents. I mean, they're putting plans in place to protect themselves and their ones. You know, so I do commend that. I just hate that it's under this type of framework. Um, also, on a lighter note, I find this to be somewhat of good news. Trump revokes Obama's transgender bathroom guidelines that he had placed in school. So President Donald Trump administration on Wednesday revoked the landmark guidance to public schools letting transgender use, use the bathrooms of their choice, reversing a signature initiative by the former president, Barack Obama. Obama had instructed public schools last May to allow transgender students to use bathrooms matching their chosen gender identity, threatening to withhold funding for schools that did not comply. And transgendered people hailed it as a victory for their civil rights. And so now Trump, who took office last month, rescinded those guidelines. And even though they had been put on hold by a federal judge, arguing that the states and public schools should have authority to make their own decisions, um, the Justice and Education Department, you know, he just reversed it. So reversing Obama guidelines stands to inflame the passions and latest conflict in America between the traditional values and the quote-unquote social progressives. You know, so um, you you will definitely see um, the LGBT community up in arms over this um, slap backwards, you know. So at least, you know, because I, I just want people to be able to use the bathroom in peace, you know. I mean, that's why in the malls you have family bathrooms. You can, you don't have to, you know, for I don't want to see a man in the bathroom with me. I don't care if he identifies as a woman. It's just not, that's too much. It's just too much. And Target, I haven't shopped at Target since they had that where they can just use. They had so many instances with, you know, these men dressed as women taking pictures inside the dressing rooms, taking pictures inside the bathrooms. And Target got all of these lawsuits and they didn't bat an eye. They didn't care about the lawsuits. People are still shopping at Target. I haven't shopped there in two years because that's just disgusting. You just have to take a personal stand, you know. And in Buffalo, New York, um, an African-American homeschool parent was arrested for choosing to homeschool her children. Kiara Harris, a single mom in Buffalo, New York, realized her school district was failing to produce properly and to properly educate her two elementary-age children. So she filled the necessary paperwork to formally remove her kids from public school and began the process of homeschooling them herself. Mrs. Harris said she went to City Hall, 
picked up the paperwork she needed. She showed the local news station, Seven Eyewitness News, her paperwork that the school district had acknowledged it and received it. Harris told the news station, I spoke directly to the homeschool coordinator. and She told me from this point on, my children were officially unenrolled from school. She said about a week later, she received a phone call from CPS, Child Protective Services, inquiring why her kids weren't attending school. So Harris stated, I told them CPS that my skit, that, you know, my children were homeschooled and that I could furnish the documents that they need to see them. After speaking with CPS, Harris assumed everything was now sorted out and continued on with teaching her kids at home, her children at home. I hate the word kids. But after a month passed, she was accosted by CPS and the Buffalo Police Department with an order to remove her children from her custody. So Harris refused to allow them to take her children, and she was arrested for obstructing a court order. Her kids were placed in foster care, and Harris has not been able to see them for over three weeks now. So the Buffalo Public School District has tried to justify their actions by claiming that she wasn't able to remove her kids from school because she doesn't have full legal custody of her children. She countered their claim by stating she's always been a single parent. And therefore, she does have full custody of her children. So because she wasn't married, they used that loophole to try, and they went in and took her children. And it's been three weeks. And so, you know, now she has, you know, um, garnered the support, of course, from the media and everything. And, um, you know, she's fighting this. And as as and um as latest as Wednesday, she had another hearing to get her children back. And so, if if you remember when we when we talked about the homeschooling, I encouraged ones to join the Homeschool Legal Defense Association. The website is hslda.org. Hslda.org. So you can have lawyers on deck. It's a, you know, it's a nominal fee. I believe it's like $150 for a year or two years membership. And it's worth it because if something was to happen, you have lawyers on that. And they give you also the, the all of the forms and letters for your state and how everything works. And they even have summer camps and programs and curriculums that endorsed by these group of lawyers. And they have lawyers in every state to be able to protect you. So I, you know, hopefully... She'll, you know, find out about this group or find a lawyer in her community that will take up her cause because that is disgusting. They had no right to come in there and take her children. And that was just somebody at the school administration upset that she took her future into her own hands. So we have to fight. We have to fight the power. And if we can, we need to remove our children because, I mean, now the schools are being run by this woman who never even was a public school parent and none of her children went to public school and she never went to public school, but she's over all the public schools in America. It doesn't make any sense. You know, so we have to really um, set ourselves up for greatness, you know, on a daily basis and set our children up for greatness and not look outside, you know, for that, um, for that kind of celebration. We need to celebrate our own selves. We're going to take a music moment and come back with technology. And this is Georgia Ann Muldrow, Great Blacks.
my corner ain't no way you can fake that No way you can shake that No way that you can take that I reckon you pace back or learn to embrace that Gradually to drastically change when deep I used to roam wild on the one-way street My serial son just picked up my tambourine I put it on my head and he called me a queen My direction has shifted From being ignorant and gifted Suicidal and explicit To being humbly committed And prayerfully submissive To the source of all existence I value my life more than ever Cause everyday I live is here to get it all together again To my true friends I love you stay splendid If your faith in me had ended So would I say I'ma be fine Finally designed My heart through the beating But the blood ain't mine My sense of time to the twine Deep with the great black Standing in my corner Ain't no way you can face that No way you can shake that No, no way, way. That you could take that I reckon you pace back Or learn to embrace that Props infinite Two poet past the week Funk monk Slow excavating Brothers number one For thoughts of love And guidance Third eye realignment I know what it means To be dead out the body The truth is here On earth now And we created The great ancestor Forces this to resurrect us Calling of the heart Shows the deeds to be done And the sun's there to guide us Pattern of the soul Can't be recreated With artificial means the bribing of the highest, invest in striving for the highest, to try to breathe and exercise. I'ma be fine, finally designed, my heart used to beating but the blood ain't mine, my sense of time just intertwined deep with the great black, standing in my corner ain't no way you can face that, no way you can shake that, no way you can take that, I reckon that you pace back or learn to embrace that. I'ma be fine, finally designed, my heart used to beating but the blood ain't mine, my sense of time just intertwined deep with the great black, Standing in my corner, ain't no way you can face that. No way you can shake that. No way that you can take that. I reckon you pace back. I learn to embrace that. Wait 
knocking this, them talking that, them coming on my face and about my shot, them dig them, hold them, set them shot, them no watch them rise, them not to me drop. I claim me a to the top, piece of the fire to my own dot, move forward and me not turn back, I talk, I do say you better learn that. The same most the right, the same one step who one, the same one step them one, the same one step you one. I come come down to one conclusion, can't trust nothing way I you make me fly away, fly, like a million sparrows. Away from the hollow, you know. Y'all make me fly away. Fly. I can't take this no more. This is not what I hope for, you know. Cause this world may be cold and so lonely. Now I call on you only. Only you alone control me. We not this our world full of Blessings, yes. Let the Most High take all the sorrows and burdens off of our shoulders and let the intelligence and the magnification of his word be the shining light that leads us through each day so we can see clearly. Okay? So now we're going to move forward into technology. Google and Levi's are teaming up to make computerized pants. Computerized pants, okay? There have been words, so many, many words written about the amazing, mind-blowing, futuristic stuff announced by Google, right? So they announced they're teaming up with Levi's to make jeans with conductive fabric, which could allow wearers to use their legs as touchscreens and swiping their thigh to accept a phone call. The Computerized Pants Project um, came out of Google's secret ATAP lab, which is headed by former DARPA research scientists. Um, and Apple is also, you know, doing it with its watch. So Google and Levi's are making computerized pants as a way to stay connected to your digital life without having to pull out your phone. So if there's a chance to enable clothes that we already love to help us facilitate access to the best and most necessary of this digital world while maintaining eye contact with the person while eating dinner is a real value, um, the CEO of Levi Strauss said. So, again, Google and Levi are teaming up to make computerized pants. Okay? And um, Google is also the new carpool service that's going to go up against Uber. So Google's taking Uber with carpool. 
and um, they're going to use the Waze app, Waze, sorry, the Waze app. So it's being tested in several U.S. cities and parts of Latin America over the next few months, and they're set to charge 54 cents per mile, and they will not take a cut out of the driver's earnings. They're going to only charge 54 cents a mile, and they're not going to take a cut of the driver's earnings which differs from Uber as Waze, Waze, I keep saying Waze, Waze persuades drivers to pick up people along the way. So it would be a carpooling thing so other people would be getting in the car with you. But for 54 cents a mile, depending on how far you're going, and the driver itself gets to keep all the money, you know, that's a good deal. So Google launched its carpool app in August of 2016 as um, a pilot project in Israel, in Tel Aviv. And so now it's set to bring the service to several U.S. cities within the next few months, reports the Wall Street Journal. So, again, if you're looking for, you know, that kind of driving job and you don't mind having more than one person, I guess it kind of reminds me of the dollar vans back in Brooklyn in the 80s. <laughs> you know, they competed with the New York um, transportation system, their, their um, bus service, and they finally got recognized, I think, in the late 90s, early 2000s. and they got regulated as well, you know, but it's a take on that same premise. And also Mattel is launching a $300 AI Barbie. It's going to be the new thing for next Christmas. The artificial intelligence Barbie, the Barbie you can't play with. You can't physically play with it. So Mattel launches a $300 holographic AI Barbie that responds to commands and answers questions. Barbie Hello Hologram is a 2D projection of a 3D animation that lives in a box. Activated when children say, hello, Barbie, and acts as a digital assistant to the child. It responds to questions and follows commands like dancing and setting reminders. And smartphones are not needed, but it lets parents monitor the child's use of the technology. So Mattel has unveiled its 3D Barbie Hello Hologram that lives inside a box and comes to life when a child says the magic words, Hello Barbie. Children can command the digital assistant, and it will cost less than $300. And um, it can be pre-programmed with music and to also ask various AI questions. So they're bringing the AI to the children. And so Atlanta um, joins the race to become America's first self-driving city with plans for a September trial. So 10 sites were designated last month as proving grounds for automatic vehicles, and Atlanta would become one of the largest urban areas set for testing and has sought proposals for demonstrations of an autonomous vehicle later this year. So the self-driving vehicles could begin tooling around a bustling Atlanta street full of cars, buses, bicycles, college students, as the city vies with other communities nationwide to test the emerging technology. And so um, Atlanta is going to be the largest urban setting for this. And so North Carolina, I think Michigan is also on the list, but Atlanta is the biggest one, and they're set 
to go by September. And um, Twitter is um, ghost-deleting tweets that it deems to be offensive without informing the users. So again, Big Brother's watching you and is not even telling you what it's doing. Twitter is ghost-deleting tweets it deems to be offensive without informing users. Tweets that have been ghost-deleted still appear on feeds but not in public. So you'll see it in your feed, but no one else will see it. And you think that, oh, I put this out, and it's not out. So um, this Twitter user, Twitter user noticed his tweet was no longer gaining traffic, and he found that the meme he shared was no longer publicly visible. He checked somebody else's phone to see how come, you know, no one's, you know, it's not getting the traffic it normally gets, the stuff he puts out. And the social network has also limited accounts after use of offensive language. So Twitter's begun to remove tweets that it deems offensive and a move to further punish abusive behavior on the site. The social network began limiting accounts and um, and a further crackdown. Individual tweets are now being removed from public visibility without informing the people who posted them. Okay? So um, if social media is your thing and um, you're trying to get a message out, if someone deems it offensive, and, or Twitter, the Twitterverse deems it offensive, it will be taken down without you even knowing it, so you have to check your backup sources. And um, lastly in technology, today a star system was found with seven Earth-like planets. Seven. This is a big, big press conference, and all over the news today, um, three of which could support alien life and it's supposed to be just 39 light years away. So newly discovered miniature star system, um, 39 light years away from Earth, known as TRAPPIST. And I think it's funny they call it a trap. TRAPPIST. T-R-A-P-P-I-S-T. Dash one. Hmm. A trap, huh? Six inner planets lie in a temperature zone where the surface temperature raises is um, between um, 0 and 100 Celsius or 32 to 212 Fahrenheit. At least three of these are thought to be able and capable of having oceans, increasing the likelihood of life. So three of the inner planets are thought to be capable of having oceans, increasing the likelihood of life. No other star system known contains such a large number of Earth-sized and probably rocky planets. So we'll know, they're saying, if life exists in a decade. (laughs) So the seven Earth-like planets have been discovered orbiting a dwarf star known as TRAPPIST-1, and all of them could have water at their surface, one of the the key components of life. And three of the planets have such good conditions that scientists say life may have already evolved upon them. So um, look out for this kind of news coming out and the implications of such is worthy of complication, you know, and to just um, look up at the stars and see what's going on in the world around you and not just on a screen, you know, it's important. You know, astronomy is not just about your sign, you know, it coincides with the Bible, it coincides with us. So many things about the stars, man, you know, they've been around forever and they make all these structures to that, you know, it obstructs our vision to the sky. 
And it's so important to watch the sky and know the sky, especially as we try to change everything around us, you know. But um, at the end of the day, we have the Most High, and the Most High makes everything blessed in Jesus' name. Everything. As long as we take ownership, you have to take ownership of our life and our space around us, and Jah will provide. I'm going to take a music moment with Etzia. Jah will provide. Just wait. Yeah, I feel do the way. Yeah, I feel do the way. Yeah, I feel do the way. Thank you. 
Yes, they can try whatever they want, but we're not going nowhere. They can portray artificial intelligence and emulate neurons. 
But the children of the Most High will always be here. The true ones, the chosen. We're not going nowhere. I'm not going nowhere. Okay? So now on to herbnology. Natural radiation protection. Unfortunately for all of us on this planet, radiation is all around us. It's not the natural radiation that we're worried about in this case. It's the nuclear type of radiation, the EMFs that we spoke about um, two or three weeks ago, electromagnetic frequencies like cell phones and Edison smart meters. And now we see that what's happening over in Europe, this huge cloud is floating across Europe of radiation, man-made radiation, right, that iodine-131. And so I looked into what types of natural supplements and herbs can um, that one can turn to. I know that the most high is the answer for everything. Everything. Okay? So zeolite, Z-E-O-L-I-T-E, is a top natural supplement against radiation, exposure, and toxicity. Zeolite. Okay? Pine pollen. Pine pollen also, which comes from white and other pine trees, and is the natural growth and replication factors for the tree, as well as a line of protection against predators and environmental toxins. And so you have natural zeolite, the best natural supplement against radiation and heavy metal poisoning exposure. Pine pollen, natural substance from pine trees that detoxifies radiation. Okay, SOD, superoxide dismutase is a high-level antioxidant with life extension properties, SOD, superoxide dismutase, D-I-S-M-U-T-A-S-E. Laminaria kelp is a natural source of iodine that is safe, unlike potassium iodine, and it naturally detoxes radiation. Laminaria, L-A-M-I-N-A-R-I-A, laminaria kelp. Medicinal mushrooms, okay? Take as indicated three times a day. Um, very powerful immune system boosters that protect against radiation, particularly the reishi mushroom. Beta D-glucan. Beta glucan. My sister always talks about that. God bless my sister Kimberly. 1,500, one 500 milligram capsule per day protects from radiation exposure. Beta D-glucan. Burdock root extract, organic preferred, of course, um, up to three times a day. It removes radioactive isotopes from the body. Burdock root. Bladderwrack is one of the best sources of iodine, which is really potent against radiation. Tulsi, we spoke about that as well a couple of weeks ago. Holy basil, also known as Tulsi, T-U-L-S-I, holy basil. Use the aerial parts of the herb as a tincture or extract and helps the body eliminate radiation poisoning. Um, cilantro leaf, we talked about that as a water purifier. Cilantro leaf and coriander use fresh organic on foods as a supplement. Um, natural heavy metal detox and plutonium. Okay, it takes away the plutonium. Ginseng, get the red ginseng if you can, um, helps detox radiation. Milk thistle, milk thistle helps the liver detox radiation. Marine algae, also known as chlorophyll, increases resistance to radiation poisoning 
and toxicity, marine algae, also known as chlorophyll, and bentonite clay, the edible clay, one tablespoon in juice or water per day for radiation detox treatment. Okay, so you also want to take some ionic minerals and a good multivitamin to keep your body strong and give the radioactive isotopes no place to call home in your body. So again, just I'm going to just say these because this is very important with the with the advent of this president and the things that are happening around. We have to have these things in our home. Again, that's natural zeolite, pine pollen, SOD, superoxide dismutase, limonaria kelp, medicinal mushrooms, beta D-glucan, burdock root, bladder rack, tulsi, also known as holy basil, cilantro leaf, coriander, ginseng, milk thistle, marine algae, also known as chlorophyll, and bentonite clay, the edible kind. So that is just something for you to have to protect yourself and your family and to know that the Most High got you in the nature of his way and protect you from even radiation. Okay? We're going to take a music moment with Xana Romeo. Mercy, please. Days in the eyes of a promised place Balance and order, will clear all your wicked ways Focus on your dreams, move without no delay Brighter days in the eyes of a promised place Balance and order, will clear all your wicked ways Focus on your dreams, move without no delay I am see now Oh, for them disrespectful people Where I breathe now Bump to them Them tell me how them I go feel now For the things that you are see now Oh, for them disrespectful people Where I breathe now Shot to them Them tell me how them I go feel now We can see now. Oh, for them people who pretending to be free now. Bombs with them pushing to me who they gonna be now. Them trying to take with spiritual and you with physical. We can not mentally visual so be minala. Messages poison the mind of individual. No one they can that them want to become the criminal. Them lock up the ransom and them never lock up the politician. I know them Peace 
Yes, all God's children run around the mountain, okay, for the seal of protection. So now we're going to move forward to the metaphysics of the moment. And after, you know, taking in and comprehending and meditating on tonight's subject, I look to the Gnostic Gospels, um, specifically the Nagamadi, the Apocrypha of John, the Apocryphon of John, and found some words which I felt shed light. This is from the Apocryphon of John and the Nagamadi. 
And when she saw the consequences of her desire, this is speaking of Pista Sophia, it changed into a form of a lion-faced serpent. When she saw the consequences of her desire, it changed into a form of a lion-faced serpent, and its eyes were rolling with lightning fires with flash. She cast it away from her outside that place that no one of the immortal ones might see, for she had created it in ignorance. She had created it in ignorance, and she surrounded it with a luminous cloud, a luminous cloud, and she placed a throne in the middle of that cloud that no one might see it except the Holy Spirit, who is called the Mother of the Living, and she called its name Yaltabas. This is the first archon who took a great power from his mother, and he removed himself from her and moved away from the places in which he was born. He became strong and created for himself other aeons with a flame of luminous fire which still exists now, overstands. And he joined with his arrogance, which is in him, and he begot authorities for himself. And he shared his fire with them. But he did not send forth from the, from the power of the light, which he had taken from his mother. He shared his fire with them, but he did not send forth from the power of the light which he had taken from his mother, for he is ignorant darkness. Ignorant darkness. And when the light had mixed with the darkness, it caused the darkness to shine. And when the darkness had mixed with the light, it darkened the light and became neither light nor dark, but it became dim. Now the archon who was also, who was weak, has three names. The first one is Yadabas. The second one is Sakhlis. And the third is Samuel. And he is impious. Impious in his arrogance, which is in him. But he said, I am God. For he said, I am God, and there is no other God beside me. For he is ignorant of his strength, the place from which he had come. Now that was from the Apocryphon of John. Now, this section is from the origin of the world, again from the Nag Hammadi. After the natural structure of the immortal beings had completely developed out of the infinite, a likeness then emanated from Pistis, faith. It is called Sophia, wisdom. A likeness then emanated from Pistis, which is faith. It is called Sophia, wisdom. It exercised volition and became a product resembling the primeval light. And immediately her will manifested itself as a likeness of heaven, having an unmanageable magnitude in which it was between the mortal beings and those things that came into being after them. She, Sophia, functioned as a veil dividing mankind from the things above. Now the eternal realm aeon of truth has no shadow outside of it for the limitless light is everywhere within it 
but its exterior is shadow, which has been called by the name darkness. From it there appeared a force presiding over the darkness, and the forces that came into being subsequent to them called the shadow, the limitless chaos. You see, the limitless chaos. From it, every kind of divinity sprouted, together with the entire place, so that also shadow is posterior to the first product. It was in the abyss that its shadow appeared, deriving from the aforementioned pistis. Then shadow perceived there was something mightier than it. You see, the darkness, the shadow perceived there was something mightier, mightier than it and felt envy. And when it had become pregnant of its own accord, suddenly it, endang- it, 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 it engendered jealousy. Since that day, the principle of jealousy amongst all eternal realms and their worlds has been apparent. Now, as for that jealousy, it was found to be an abortion without any spirit in it, like this artificial intelligence, right? An abortion. A blasphemy without any spirit in it. This is in the non commodity. Like a shadow, it came into existence in a vast watery substance, right? Liquid crystals. Then the bile into being out of the shadow was thrown into a part of the chaos. Since that day, a watery substance has been apparent. And what sank within it flowed away being visible in chaos. As with the woman giving birth to a child, all her superfluities flow out, just so matter came into being out of shadow and was projected apart. Overstand there is matter and antimatter. Okay? And it did not depart from chaos. Rather, matter was in chaos, being a part of it. And when these things had come to pass, then Pistis came and appeared over the matter of chaos, which had been expelled like an aborted fetus, since there was no spirit in it. For all of it, chaos was limited darkness and bottomless water. Now when Pistis saw which had resulted from her defect, she became disturbed. And disturbance appeared. As a fearful product, she became disturbed, and the, and the disturbance appeared as a fearful product. It rushed to her in the chaos. She turned to it and blew into its face in the abyss, which is below the heavens. And when Pistis Sophia desired to cause the thing that had no spirit to be formed into likeness and to rule over matter and over all her forces, there appeared for the first time a ruler out of the waters, lion-like in appearance, androgynous, androgynous, having great authority within him and ignorant of whence he had come into being. Now when Pistis Sophia saw him moving about the depth of the water, she said to him, child passed through to here, who was equivalent to Yavadov. So when the heavens had consolidated themselves along with their forces and all their administrations, the prime parent became insolent, honored by all the army of angels and all the gods and all their angels gave blessings to honor him. And for his part, he was delighted and continually boasted, saying to them, I have no need of anyone. He said, it is I who am God. Right? The androgynous one said this. 
It is I who am God, and there is no other that exists apart from me. And when he said this, he sinned against all the immortal beings who give answer. And when he said this, he sinned against all immortal beings who give answer, and they laid it to his charge. And they laid it to his charge. They laid it to his charge. Then when Pistis saw the impiety of the chief ruler, she was filled with anger. She was invisible. She said, you are mistaken, Samuel. That is blind God with a little G. There is an immortal man of light who has been in existence before you and who will appear among your modeled forms. He will trample you to scorn just as potter's clay is pounded. And you will descend to your mother, the abyss along with those that belong to you. For the consummation of your works, the entire defect that has become visible out of the truth will be abolished. And it will cease to be. And will be like what has never been. Amen. In Jesus' name. Okay? She said, you are mistaken, blind one, honey. There is no immortal man of light who has been in existence before you. There has been a mortal, immortal man of light who has been in existence before you and who will appear among your modeled forms. The modeled forms of this shadow darkness of ignorance, this abomination. He will trample you to scorn just as potter's clay is pounded. And you will descend to your mother, the abyss, along with those that belong to you. The consummation of your works, the entire defect, because it is, it is a defect, that has become visible out of the truth, will be abolished. You see, because they're doing this mass illusion of all of these sideshows, you know, the bans, the, the, um, the immigration, deportation, some, you know, some God bless that soul that just killed himself because he didn't want to go back to Mexico and, you know, the levees being broken and God bless San Jose. I heard 50,000 people had to be immediately evacuated out of San Jose, California today. San Jose is flooded. This is not, this is, this is too much at one. There's no such thing as coincidence. There are co-incidents, period. And they fall under the umbrella of something, and it stinks. But the entire defect that has become visible out of the truth will be abolished, and it will cease to be, and will be like what has never been. Those are such comforting words. And it will be like what has never been. Okay? And so we're going to move forward to the metaphysical meaning of John. Since I started off this metaphysical moment with the apocryphon of John. And John, which means um, it's Hebrew for Jehovah, bestows mercifully. Jah is gracious. Jah is gracious. Grace and mercy of the Lord, dove-like, meek-like, meekness, compassion, Fertility, fruitness, love. John the Baptist, the son of Zechariah, was, was the priest and his wife, Elizabeth, and the forerunner of Jesus Christ, a disciple of Jesus Christ, brother of James, son of Zebedee. The metaphysical meaning of John the Baptist 
John the Baptist was the forerunner of Christ. He signifies the high intellectual perception of truth. Right? So what did the Gnostic, what did the Nagamati say? The entire defunct has become visible out of the truth, will be abolished, and will cease to be. All right? So he signifies the high intellectual perception of truth, but one not yet quickened of spirit. But one not yet quickened of spirit. That's why I'm saying we have to force ourselves to to be better. Push past the laziness, push past whatever we know is wrong and not accept and go, oh, well, that's just how I am. If you're not changing, you're not growing. Because unless you're changing and growing, you will not have the ability to have the quickening of the spirit. John represents the attitude of mind in which we are zealous for the rule of spirit. This attitude is not spiritual, but a perception of spiritual possibilities and an activity in making conditions in which the spirit may rule. This John the Baptist perception of truth leads us to strive with evil as a reality. Not having discerned the truth about its transitory character. So that's what we're, that's what we're pushing through now. Overstanding the transitory character of the evil in depth. Artificial intelligence, neuro-linguistic programming, right? We have to overstand the transitory character of it. John the Baptist may also be said to be that innate principle, that inborn principle in us all, whichever seek to do right. Its origin cannot be located. It comes out of the, it just comes out of us. It's crude. It's a, it's a voice in the wilderness crying for the right way. The whole human family is naturally true and honest, and this rugged reformer is a child of nature. Culture does not make people honest nor bring out their natural virtues. The inner soul consciousness that draws its nourishment from nature's storehouse opens the way for the advent of spirit. Okay? That which the baptism of John signifies is brought about by a process metaphysically known as denial. We can't put our heads in the sand and act like this is not happening around us and I'd rather not know. And ignorance is bliss. Okay? This baptism symbolizes the getting rid of the limited thoughts that encumber and darken the understanding. It is found that to say mentally, I deny the belief in the reality of the matter and material conditions causes the aggregation of the thoughts to scatter. It makes your mind scatter. This is a mental letting go that has to be applied to all departments of the mind. In Christian conversion, the sinner lets go of his sins and there is a moral cleansing. The metaphysician finds it necessary to cleanse his mind from all moral iniquity. But he also finds that he must go further than this. The mind governs every part of the man. And now more than ever especially with them emulating the mind, literally emulated neurons, emulated synapses, emulated axons. Okay, so the mind governs every part of man, and a thorough reform 
requires that the baptism of John shall include a complete transformation of thought pertaining to things mental, moral, and physical. Jesus said of John the Baptist, He that is but little in the kingdom of God is greater than he. Luke 7.28 And John said of Jesus, He must increase, but I must decrease. John 3.30 This means that the least of the spiritual thoughts in man is greater than the mightiest reasoning of the intellect, and that the intellectual concept of things must give way to the understanding that comes through the Holy Spirit. The intellect is to prepare the way for the spiritual consciousness. Again, the intellect, the higher mind, right? The higher mind, get higher, right? The intellect is to prepare the way for the spiritual consciousness, the Christ, the alert intellect that has been working toward the fulfillment of the divine ideal recognizes the development of spiritual consciousness and acknowledges its very first appearance as John the Baptist recognized Jesus Christ at his very first appearance. When the quickening by spirit takes place in the consciousness to the extent Christ, that the Christ is realized and is felt and is known, one depends upon the inspiration of spirit rather than on reasoning of the intellectual man. Thus we are admonished in Proverbs 3, 5, 6, Trust in Jehovah with all thy heart, and lead not upon thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he will direct thy path. John the Baptist, the intellectual man, beholds the evils of civilization, condemns them, and advocates the punishment of evildoers. This remedy leads to resistance and failure as evidence in the execution of John by Herod, the sinner. Man has to pass through the intellectual state of consciousness, which is the natural man, and his attempts at reform are evidence in the innate good within him, the natural born good within him. But his comprehension is narrowed to personal ends. The world today is in the throes of John the Baptist's methods of reform. And they all must fail because they lack a comprehension of the universal brotherhood of man and the great law laid down by Jesus Christ. Which is in essence is whatever ye, what that man should do unto you, even so do ye also unto them. John the Baptist in the prison represents the intellectual, the intellect hemmed in, imprisoned, because of its magnifying sin and evil and condemning them. Some persons see the evil in the world as power, so formidable that it paralyzes all their efforts, and they accomplish nothing in service of the truth. So we have to accomplish things in service of the truth. In co- you have to accomplish things in service of the truth. The death of John the Baptist, as described in Matthew 14, 1-12, refers to the passing away of the first enthusiasm for character reform, which possesses the disciple at the earthly stage of his experience. This John the Baptist phase is not a permanent state of consciousness, but is followed by one that is permanent. He that cometh after me is mightier than I whose shoes I am not worthy to bear, he shall baptize you in the Holy Spirit and in fire. Matthew 3.11. 
when the first enthusiasm wanes after spiritual enlightenment has occurred. Because it's a time when, you know, you get closer in each phase, in each phase of growth. There is enthusiasm for the growth, and then you are hit with the with the realness. <laughs> and you have to look at it with these new eyes. And it can be a little depressing sometimes. You know? So you have to protect your frequency with positive essences, positive sounds, positive music, positive people. And people that are on a similar path. Because it's easy to fall back into that state of denial. And I'm encouraging you to move forward. And the Most High is encouraging you to move forward to your highest level of intellect that you can reach. Any different subject, in any different area, in any different variable, and the smallest nuance, you can shine. You have to reach within yourself and figure out what that is because we have to use our own intelligence before it becomes a rarity. Okay, so when the first enthusiasm wanes after spiritual enlightenment has occurred, there was a certain barrenness of thought, like I said, a certain barrenness of thought and action in mind, and we feel as if we should like to retire to a place where a complete rest and absence of effort could be had. When Jesus had heard of the death of John, he withdrew to a desert place apart. We cannot get away from our thoughts, however. The people followed Jesus into the, in, into the desert place, Matthew fourteen thirteen, And Matthew eleven eighteen nineteen 19 may be explained as follows. The conscious mind is very sherry of accepting the whole truth. Right? We got to take it in pieces. That's why I'm doing part one and part two. <laughs> you know, you can go back and listen to it and get it again. You might not get it all at once. I'm going to go back and listen to it. You know, um, the conscious mind is very sherry of accepting the whole truth. It comes neither eating nor drinking. It does not eat the body substance of Christ nor drink his blood life. The result is that the adverse ego remains in the body. The adverse ego. The son of man comes and unites his life and substance with the appetites and passions of the subconscious. And he seems for a time to be of their kind. But wisdom is justified by her works. Wisdom is justified by your works. Point blank simple. What do your works say? What what does your effort mean? Right? The descent of the spirit into one's body may stir up the devil in one for a reason. But his reign will be short if one is guided by the spirit of truth, who will lead into all truth. Matthew twenty four twenty two. Except those days had been shortened, no flesh would have been saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. The Apostle John represents the spiritual faculty of love. Love. Love is so strong and so powerful. Just saying it, I just got a tingle in my whole being. Love. I send out love to everyone listening. Just love. 
through the frequency. Love yourself. Love yourself for the sake of the Most High. Raise yourself up. Glisten and shine like a diamond for the Most High. So you can see your spiritual effervescence, your spiritual ethereal self. Make it glow. Apostle John represents the spiritual faculty of love. He is known as the disciple whom Jesus loved, and love is the dominant theme of all his teachings and writings. In the outpicturing of Jesus' development, John signifies the faculty of love in its masculine or positive degree of action. While the various martyrs of the New Testament characterize the different subjective activities of love, John signifies the faculty of love and his masculine and positive degrees of action. Okay? So that's the metaphysics of the moment. We're going to take a music moment right now, and I'm going to play John 9 Legitimate.
Yes, uh, you just have to claim the love, the love within yourself, the love for the most high, and stand strong in your being and elevate your intelligence so we can fight against the AI. (laughs) Okay, we have to fight against it. And the fight is within ourselves, right? The matter and the antimatter, the darkness and the light for real. As mentioned in the Nagamati, the origin of the world. Search for knowledge, feed your mind, feed your spirit, feed your soul. And the knowledge that the Most High put forth. Have eyes to see and ears to hear. Okay, so that the quickening can happen. I pray for it personally, personally. For the grace of God go I. Just for the grace and mercy for all of us. And for everyone going through trials and tribulations tonight, blessings be upon you and your family, and safety and strength be in abundance, and intellectual curiosity be at an all-time high, and the action necessary to attain be implemented effectively within your spirit. I want to thank you so much for joining me tonight as I expound on the subjects that I think are relevant you know, and I pray for the souls of like-minded spirits to hold on. Um, I want to encourage the ones to tune in tomorrow night for the Upper Room of Zion and for Thank God's Friday and receive the blessings that come from the words of those brothers. Let's all just stand strong and keep our head up and overcome and be the best we can be. And let the glow of the Most High and the light radiate from outside, from inside out. So you could be a walking testimony of the grace and the glory of the Most High. And your children can see that in you and emulate that, right? They can't emulate the spirit. That's the one thing they're missing. So we can't lose hold of it. We must treat it as sacred and nourish it and feed it every day. And not let no person, 
No circumstance, no thing crush your soul. You build yourself up. You make sure you have your backup for your backup. You stand flat-footed and face the world with eyes open, ears that hear, and feet that move. And blessings and grace, I look forward to joining you again next Wednesday. And I'm going to go out today with Rita Marley. Good morning, Ja. Blessings to all. One.
How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, now playing. Rated PG-13, maybe inappropriate for children under 13.